I was thinking long and hard about these scary films. Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I know, that's a mouthful, but just imagine. Halloween is a mouthful. Think of that candy. Think of the trick-or-treats. This year it's going to be different, but you know what's not different is the films. Because the films continue to highlight our ideas and dreams of Halloween. And that's why I wanted to just visit Halloween-esque films this month for the month of October leading up to Halloween. We may continue into the Day of the Dead. We do have the film Coco for Dias de las Muertos. Now, keep in mind, I didn't grow up speaking Spanish, so that's why I say it funny. You know, I am Mexican on my father's side, Portuguese on the other, so I'm Latin on both sides. You know, I'm like a piece of toast. Not too darkened, although if I tan, maybe, you know, that's, that's the Mexican side. The Portuguese side is a little fair. So if you see the fairness on my arm, that's the Portuguese side. But let's dive into these films, shall we? Last night, we talked about The Addams Family. Previously, we talked about the masters of horror, such as James Whale. Okay? You have... Um, William Friedkin, William Friedkin, who I don't think ever thought he would do a horror film. I mean, you know, Hitchcock had been doing them for a while. And the funny thing about Hitchcock is, and a lot of people don't know this, you know, Hitchcock was making films in England. And then he was summoned, yes, he was summoned, by David O. Selznick, you know, Hollywood's um, Napoleon, because he had a Napoleon complex. Uh you know, producer of Gone with the Wind, and he brought him over to the U.S. to make the film Rebecca with Laurence Olivier and Joan Fontaine. The movie won Best Picture, another feat for David O. Selznick, and made his head and ego grow even bigger. And yet, Hitchcock really had no say or input of the film. And so, the, the Alfred Hitchcock that we know and love and revere and fear didn't really happen until 1945. 1945, 1946 is Notorious, starring Ingrid Bergman as a spy and Cary Grant. What had happened was David O. Selznick was purging money and he was making the film Duel in the Sun with his lover, Jennifer Jones. He also gave her that name. So she is his creation. And he was purging money. Okay? So, he needed something to sell. So he sold Notorious. Hitchcock got control of it. And this is where the Alfred Hitchcock that we know, revere, love, and fear was born. He was given full creative control of Notorious. He did things, he changed things, and that's how we have the mastery of Alfred Hitchcock. There wouldn't be a psycho without that moment. There wouldn't be North, North by Northwest. There wouldn't be the birds. Although I think the birds is a little cheesy for my taste. And I've been to Bodega Bay, so come on. <sighs> but then you look at something like Psycho. We've talked about Psycho previously. That is Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece. 
You think about how long he'd been making films up until that point. For almost 30 years. You know, early on in Hitchcock's career, he traveled to Germany, where they had the German filmmakers who were really at the, at the height of their powers. That's where he met his wife and collaborator, Alma, Alma Reville. And they were married for the rest of his life. And she gave him input on these films, which actresses to use. He did tell her early on that he was going to kill off Janet Lee in Psycho. You know, to kill off your big star and then have Anthony Perkins become an even greater star. Do you know, to this day, Anthony Perkins is known solely for Psycho. He's, he did other, other films, you know, he did um, Murder on the Orient Express, which is a really good ensemble. But, you know, I think he gave in to that as that... It, it, he didn't let it pigeonhole him because he enjoyed it. He enjoyed that he was forever Norman Bates in Norman Bates. Yeah, Norman Bates. The Bates Motel. These icons. Rob Zombie. You know, Rob Zombie's interesting. Rob Zombie, rock star, white zombie, the imagery, the iconography, the tricks, the trade. He did House of a Thousand Corpses, which is disturbing. It's like something right out of the Living Dead Girl video. He put his wife in it, Sherry Moon Zombie. And then brought it back with The Devil's Rejects. Now, I saw The Devil's Rejects when it first came out in the theater. I liked it better than House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought, okay, these, these people are wild. What um, Rob Zombie did was to take Halloween and give it some heavy metal, some nuts, some sex, some drugs, and some rock and roll. Heavy metal is rock and roll, but I had to go along with that. <sighs> Sherry Moon Zombie, you know, this beautiful yet troubled character that she plays. I forget, I think her name is Baby Firefly or something. Devil's Rejects is a disturbing film. We're not going to dive into it. Because I saw Three from Hell, and it was crap. Some people I know like Three from Hell. I remember my friend, and I want to give him a shout out, James. Good looking son of a bitch. Yes. Or, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Good, good looking motherfucker. Always has, always will. Very smart, very intelligent. Um, we saw The Devil's Rejects, and I remember last year he was watching Three from Hell, or was it this year? And he says, oh my God, why didn't you tell me? I said, I tried to warn you. I tried to warn you. It was a piece of crap. I literally couldn't wait for it to be over. It was that bad. You know? And I, and I, and I like to watch films all the way through, even though if they're bad. I did that um, this year with uh, the film about Al Capone. I'm a big Tom Hardy fan. You know, sexy motherfucker, great actor. I mean, and you know, come on, he's Venom. And, and you know, when it comes to Halloween, that Venom movie was not scary. I think my friend, when we saw it, she was anticipating this scary 
Halloween-esque movie. And it turns out to be this buddy film, The Symbiote, and Eddie, played by Tom Hardy. Uh, this is Tom Hardy's moment. I can't wait for the, the Venom sequel next year. I think they, per they picked the perfect man to play Venom. We are Venom. Yeah. I wanted to be him for Halloween, but then that's too obvious. People would be like, oh yeah, we know why. But I've seen so many of Tom Hardy's films. Bronson, that's a crazy film. I mean, there are some moments in Bronson that make me laugh. You know, if you shave your head and bulk up, you too could be Bronson for Halloween. Or you could be Bane. Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. Now that is a villain. You know, you go from Heath Ledger's iconic moment in The Dark Knight. He takes some little time and there we have The Dark Knight Rises. Tom Hardy. Bane is a creepy character. He is powerful. You can't touch him. He is beyond measure. And there's just something magical about that. You know, every time I watch it, I, I'm, I'm in awe of that performance. Not just because he's a good-looking man, but he's a damn good actor. The way he delivers that, you know, um, He's just sitting there and the guy's like, well, you got yourself caught. So what's next? Crashing this plane with no survivors. Yeah. He just dives right into it. That's rock and roll right there. I would love it if Rob Zombie was listening to this right now in a perfect world. And I, please put Tom Hardy in one of your films. That would be wild. Now, Rob Zombie tried to bring back Halloween. I was not impressed. The, you know, Rob, Rob Zombie's got an interesting filmmaker's eye. You know, with rock and roll and the music that he does, there's a Halloween-esque aspect to it. Kind of like Marilyn Manson. It's, it's loud, it's volatile, it's alive. Frankenstein-esque. So, but I, I would love to see Rob Zombie work with Tom Hardy. That would be a pairing in itself. And, you know, right now I'm waiting for the Venom sequel. I loved Venom. That, that is everything that a movie should be. It's fun. Yes, there's a few explosions, you know. Maybe in some of your pants, I don't know. It's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I mean, you know, there is a reason why there's an explicit thing on this show. So don't be letting your kids listen to this show. You know, if you can explain to them why we don't repeat certain words, then I'm sure we'll be fine. You know? But Halloween is fun. Halloween can be scary. It can be intimidating. These films. So I figured tonight, let's dive into one of these films. We're going to dive into Venom. Okay? Tom Hardy. It's brilliant. I thought what Tom Hardy did with the character and the symbiote, I'd never seen anything like that before. 
I know some people thought it was cheesy. I thought it was great. I wanted more. And that character, you know, Tom, we're going to talk about Tom Hardy as a character. He's not your quintessential British actor. And I say that because it's not like he's got Shakespeare running out of his butthole. No, he doesn't. He's taking on these crazy roles. You think of his Oscar-nominated performance in The Revenant. He is a menacing motherfucker in that. He, he was almost scalped by the Native Americans. The Revenant is a very violent film. And it's about survival. And he survives along with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, but hey, when the pants come off, someone's gonna get swinging. Oh my goodness. I mean, Bron Bronson is such a wild, wild, wild film. It's wild. And also, this is some information you probably don't want to know, but it is a TMI moment. We learned from Bronson that Tom Hardy is uncut. Because you know, a lot of the British are uncircumcised. Just putting that out there. It's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. We, sometimes we need to be rated X. You know, not rated R, but rated X. Um, I've often said I don't want them to remake A Clockwork Orange. You know, Heath Ledger did a perfect job kind of bringing a little bit of Alex DeLarge to the Joker. But I could see Tom Hardy in A Clockwork Orange. You know, he's a little beefy. He's not skinny like Malcolm McDowell. But, you know, and, that, and that's the thing about Tom Hardy. He can play gay, he can play straight, he can play bisexual. He can play a woman for all you care. But in Venom, he's playing Venom. He's playing Eddie Brock. I remember I'm watching the movie and I'm like, okay, where is this gonna go? It's him and Michelle, you know, um, Williams. You know, Heath Ledger's baby mama. And, because, you know, that's, that's, let's call it what it is. That was his baby mama. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, here we go. The symbiotes. Those symbiotes are scary. Do you want one of those floating around inside you? It's like doing acid. You're, you're playing Russian roulette right there. And I'm thankful that I have never done acid. And I know people who have and tell me that I should just let go. Well, here's the thing. Someone in my family did it once, and let's just say the impact was life-threatening. So, yeah. I can also say that about the family member who went to have their palm read. Although I know others who have in recent time, but you won't catch me doing it. Dress me. True blagic, true blagic, true magic is nor black nor white. It is what it is. Energy is what you put into it. And that's what I say about the symbiotes in Venom. You think of, of Eddie Brock's energy. Him and Venom gel perfectly. Okay, Eddie Brock is alive. He's got the motorcycle. He's got this ego, this personality. He's in your face, just like Venom. Now, Riot decides to pair with crazy mad scientist. And that's why Riot is in the perfect realm. But we all know what happens to Riot. He doesn't rise to the Riot occasion. And Venom, you know, is Venom. Yeah, I got a parasite 
Every time he says that, Venom just gets pissed. Parasite! Apologize. We are Venom. Yeah. I used to say that at work sometimes just to scare them. We are Venom. Oh, yeah. And it worked, too. <sighs> people, people. This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. What else can I say? I'm not going to dive into the factoids of Venom. I'm just going to say it was a good fucking movie. It was amazing. And I always say about critics, critics can suck it. Oh, it's not this. You know what matters is, is the people liked Venom. Yes, the Rotten Tomatoes. If it's a fresh tomato, it's a fresh one. I don't know. I loved it. I was entertained. Tom Hardy, for me, is the king of Halloween. You think of the psychos that he's played, or as Wednesday Adams so famously said, we should have put this in the podcast, where, um, you know, uh, Miss Alfred is like, oh dear, where's your costume? I am, this is my costume. I'm a homicidal maniac. They look just like everybody else. That right there, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why I would call Tom Hardy the king of Halloween right now. He could play Jack Skeleton perfectly. Think about it. The Nightmare Before Christmas live action movie starring Tom Hardy. Disney, are you listening? I hope you are. Who could play Sally? Well, Angelina Jolie, I don't think so. You may think you could. How about Karen Gilliam? Gilliam? You know, from Gardens of the Galaxy, Doctor Who. If I said her name wrong, please don't slap me. Just correct me next time. She could play Sally. Nightshade. The Nightmare Before Tom Hardy. I've done shows about Tom Hardy before. So, yeah. Do I have a chubby? No. I know you don't want to know that, but, I mean, some people think that's all I have most of the time. I wouldn't be able to walk. Okay, let's get real here. It's Halloween. Candy, ghouls, and goblins. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>